Tender is the Flesh. It is a novel from 2020 by the Argentinian author Agustina Basterrica. I think this is her second novel and definitely what she will be most known and controversial for. Yes, and actually it's the English translation according to this that yes. was published in 2020. The, the origi original is 2017. Oh, okay. Yeah, it came out in 2017. It's called Cadaver Exquisito. I read it in Spanish. You read it in English. The translation is by... Sarah Moses. Got it. She's a writer and a translator of French and Spanish. Whoa. Mm, reminds you of someone. <laughs> and this book... Oh, my God, this book. <laughs> so definitely going for a shock value, at least in part. Yes, it's a very bold book to write, I think. Yeah, and this is a very spoilerific type of book. So 100% mm -hmm. recommend. Do go read it. Don't listen to this if you haven't read it, because it will only be to your detriment. Yes, it's good to go in without knowing much. Yeah. With that out of the way, wow. Yes. So this book, people always on Reddit, like the book suggestion subs, yeah. like I've always saw this book come up. Yeah. I, You've seen it too? I yeah. don't think you, you go to the Prentsf sub, but I've no. seen it there as well. So this is a speculative fiction. Of course, mm -hmm. it's dystopian. Not post-apocalyptic in the sense that that word is generally used. However, the world has changed significantly, right? Like there is... There has been a significant loss of population. Obviously, all the animals, m most of the animals, mm -hmm. have been killed. And I, lo I love that I actually, at one point, I, as a refresher, I read the Wikipedia page, the English language Wikipedia blurb for this book, and it said that like the population had been forced to either go vegan mm -hmm. or engage in cannibalism. So cannibalism becomes instituted. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, that's the easiest yeah, solution. Yeah, exactly. That's how far people will go to like to not go fucking be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I'd rather eat humans than, yeah. than eat chickpeas. Yeah. <laughs> and I, dude, it was mind blowing and really well done how she tackled the different social, the different societal impacts that this occurrence, that this phenomenon would have. The fact that you know, like people were divided and stratified in their approach to what ultimately is the same thing, cannibalism, right? Mm -hmm. But there were the people who were, like, eating only the best quality meat, raised, and it is, it's essentially, like, almost an obvious joke on the whole, you know, humanely raised and humanely slaughtered, oh, yeah, no grass-fed, no cages, yeah, like, pasture, grass-fed beef and whatever. Yeah. And, yeah, like, these animals live in a concentration camp, and this is exactly what happens to the anim to, mm -hmm. to the people, well, yes. to the animals, yeah, to the yeah. people in, in, in this book. But then there's the others, right? The people who, like, can't afford the really expensive, really highly processed meat, and they... They're essentially like savages, essentially, right? Yeah, they call them scavengers. Yeah, there's the scavengers. The people that can't afford to buy meat, like human. From now on, when we say meat, we mean like human meat. They oh, call yeah. it special meat. There's only the yeah. the dogs in one part of the book, which is yeah, arguably one of the saddest parts yeah. of the book. But just back to what I was saying, like, yeah. yeah, the scavengers are the ones who can't afford to buy in the stores, so they, they scavenge. But it's funny. Meaning they like, hunt people. Yeah, but like just eat plants. <laughs> I guess they can't afford that either. Who knows? Well, yeah, the, yeah, the entire book could be boiled down to like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, but, but it's just funny how in this book, 
like meat is seen as so essential, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed how she approached it in, in the very early parts of the book where she argues, you know, I'm sorry, when she tells how people argued about it and how specialists came in and told people how to approach the lack of protein, their lower intake of protein. And I, yeah, so I'm uh, Latin American, of course, and uh, I'm aware of the Argentinian culture surrounding meat in a way that uh, it's not super obvious unless you know anything about that culture. But yeah, like to them, uh, barbecuing is sacred, essentially. Mm. It happens like every week and like they, they, go whole, they go all out and it's like a whole thing, right? So good luck if you're vegetarian or vegan in, in Argentina. You must get a lot of fucking fingers pointed at you. Mm-hmm. But there are a few pages in the beginning when she is setting up the world in a very effective way. I really liked how that was done. That's world building done the way that I really appreciate or one way that I really appreciate. And that it's not just telling you what happened. It's just showing you what happened there for building the world. So it's a very poor description. Well, yeah, there was a lot of just straight up telling us, telling the reader what happened, just explaining like the government said it was a virus, but a lot of people think it was, you know, to control the population. And so there was was a lot of like explanation I found. It was just a few pages long Mm -hmm. to explain what led up to this current situation. Yeah, yeah. I I appreciate the way it was done, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's exposition, the way that, you know, it doesn't feel like you're being. At least I didn't feel that way. I'm sure maybe yeah, like something. Yeah, it was like, kind of like from the perspective of the main character Marcos. It was like him kind of reminiscing and thinking back to what was said in the media and all that. It was kind of in my. That's how I interpreted it. It was him kind of yeah. thinking back to what what led to this point, and that's how the reader gets educated. Yeah. <laughs> well, it wasn't third person omniscient, so like a, a lot of it kind of was like telling his story but at the same time mm-hmm. it did take little diversions to explain yeah. something else but no I, I i like the prose it read really really fast it's not a book that looks that small i read uh, an ebook form and it had you know for a number of pages in it yours a hard copy here it doesn't look like the shortest of books. It's definitely it's, not a long one. It's about 200, just over 200 pages. Yeah, but the font the, is pretty big. Yeah. The, the, so you just, you fly through it. Oh, yeah. Like our, we read this in a couple of days each. Yeah. It was, I think it was, it's just so shocking in a way. And we're well acquainted with the meat industry. We're, we're well aware of the process that is described in this book, which is exactly what happens to mammals largely mm-hmm. and large animals that are slaughtered. And still, there was something to it that, my God, it shocked me and, like, made, you know... It's very, yeah, you, you're uncomfortable reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least I think you should be. Hopefully you are. <laughs> at least a little bit. Yeah, I don't see how anybody would read this yeah. and not feel uncomfortable to a certain extent in at least some of those scenes. Yeah, because it's just the... You imagine this happening in front of you and, and you imagine it happening to... Obviously, it's happening to humans in the book, but you kind of, at least I think of reality and what happens in reality, and it just makes you disgusted. Yeah, I mean, it happens. Mm-hmm. It absolutely happens, and it's, it's just, you know, to a different species all the time, right? Yeah. So knowing where the story is going to go, because obviously that is the, the hook of mm-hmm. this book, but 
yeah, I did not expect that. And then he gets brought this gift mm-hmm. by his supplier, one of his suppliers of humans. They bring him a human. And I kind of went, oh, okay, so that's 100% what's going to happen. And I kind of foresaw a little bit what was going to happen. Not exactly, but it kind of, the light bulb definitely went on for me when they bring her well, Jasmine, essentially. Yeah, because all up until that point, the main character, Marcos, you can tell there's he doesn't really, he's not okay, or at least that's the impression I got, is that he is not okay necessarily with the slaughter and the farming of, of people, but he does it to um, pay for his dad's expensive yeah. senior care Yeah, because it's a really good job. Yeah. I felt he was like really desensitized. The desensitized, was but also like... Anesthetized to it. Yes, it was like, but also oh like there was stuff in the book that it was. Oh, he didn't he, like it. He didn't agree. It no, made, for sure. Made the reader think he's against this, but he's participating because, out of necessity, out of economic necessity, that's just how the world is now. He's kind of just going along with it. But I, at least I got the impression, and I'm, I think it kind of tried to make the reader feel that that he wasn't okay with oh, yeah. with the world and how how. They were treating these these farmed humans. Yeah, for sure. So that's what you that you you yeah. When they introduce the Jasmine character, you think, oh, okay, he's going to now realize that she's a human just like him, and you know he's going to treat her nice, and he's going to rebel against this system. At least that's what I I thought. That's where it would go in a way. Yeah, I I felt that to an extent. I. I didn't think it was going to spark a revolution. No, sort of not thing. to that extent. But I thought maybe he'd like have a breakdown at work and quit his job. You know, do mm-hmm. something that uh, the average person could do to show that they are displeased with. Him. Yeah, and in, in a way, he does though, right? Like yeah. he completely subverts what it is expected. The the people that are being farmed mm-hmm. are not to be connected with in in any way. They yeah, are just meat, that. exactly. And he starts to care for her more. First, he keeps her in the barn, but then he gives her a bath, and eventually, she moves into the house with him. And he clothes her, feeds her, teaches her how to act. They hug and they kiss, and he seems to be treating her like a regular, well, not, not a regular person, <laughs> but more like a regular person. Yeah, I definitely got the the, the feeling that like the dude was so like quietly silently disgusted with the world that he was living in yeah in that at the same time he was adapting to it like really really well mm-hmm. obviously he's a manager at this facility yeah where like he is face to face with the most brutal example of what's happening in the world the fact that you know other people are aware of this and there are you know like the entire industry just changed to accommodate the, the the fact that okay we're not doing this to cows pigs chickens anymore we're doing it to humans but like then on it's the psychological aspect that mm-hmm. like society seemed to have uh, changed more around yeah it's pretty surprising just in how the world how society it just goes along with this new state of affairs like it talked about how there were some protests and human rights groups speaking out against it but overall yeah the countries that first legalized it they faced all kinds of international yeah. controversy but now that now that that was all sorted out it seems like everyone that you come across in the book is completely 
fine with this new way of doing things and no one is no one sees anything wrong oh that's the, yeah that's an argument that i can 100 percent buy that, that yeah. happens right like the second oh, yeah. that like something is normalized. normalized and becomes an everyday occurrence you become a pariah and an outcast for fighting against it or to finding it weird you know like to question why are we okay with like the treatment and slaughter of animals the way that we would be outraged if it were to happen to humans and then you think about it and be like okay well yeah we we should it, it absolutely doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense but yet here we are yeah and it happens by the billions yeah it's right? very it's very a good comparison a good whatever to yeah how it is now parallel yeah it's a parallel to how our world is now i mean yeah and for anything else not just like obviously like there's the Mm -hmm. the comparison to like the uh, animal agriculture industry but anything else that's normalized yeah slavery right or um really really low wage like human exploitation of any kind which occurs now right like most of the garbage we buy or that we are we are able to buy comes from people that are like horribly exploited and that like you would completely be appalled if it were to happen in front of you but because it doesn't right mm-hmm. and that's interesting I, I the 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 line i don't I, at least not in in the original spanish that i read but like i don't i don't recall there being anything alluding to something that you might have seen in the translation in the vein of that sentence of like if slaughterhouses had glass walls we would all be vegetarians but I thought it was interesting that, like, yeah, the place is immaculate. It's like a hospital, but slaughter is taking place. And there's crazy, like, security and fenced up, like, everything. And it's nuts, right? Like, the place is a airtight operation. And at the same time, it's a mess, right? Like, they're bringing in naked people with their vocal cords removed they can't speak and it's just the most like horrible image but like it is just walked through and pictured in a way that like the people that are working in there and running the thing and visiting the place you would think that they're walking in the middle of a toy factory or whatever else yeah you know it just i think the argument being alluded to is is that we get so conform with something and just completely forget the ugly side of it so far as it is being actually partially hidden from us. Yeah, like it just shows how people were, again, it's normalized. I'm just going to go along with it. That's how the world is now. I'm not going to speak out. I'm just going to go with the flow. And then, like, yeah, and then all this horrible stuff is happening and no one's trying to stop it because... They have a whole language around it, right? Like, these aren't their head. They're not people, obviously. They're not humans. You can't call them that. Oh, it's like he, he, he could become a victim of the machine mm-hmm. himself just for using the word humans when referring to cattle, right? Yeah, they have this whole language around making sure that we dehumanize these people as much as possible. Yeah, and the process. Yeah, so it's just scary. And there's, like, this whole... If I was living in that world, I would just be so scared that what what is stopping anyone from eating me? And it's happening. Right? Yeah. So it, like this this line between like what is permitted and what isn't, it just seems like it's so fragile and so like just made up. 
so arbitrary. Yeah. So I mean, it's just wow. <laughs> like it, it is quite the quite the can of worms that you can open with that argument. You know, the fact that like there are so many there are so many customs and moral lines drawn in our modern society or within the bubble of any specific society that you might look at in time in a vacuum that are largely just these unspoken or imagined standards and rules that we largely abide by and they're obviously like markers of it i think like i'm I'm like a big believer that poverty is like one of the biggest fastest ways to get society to start going sideways right of course you know people Mm -hmm. get desperate people get hungry and they start doing things because they're desperate and hungry right and that is largely what happens here it's not so much the fact that like they're meat crazy but like the world economy has suffered tremendously right like millions of people that died have died because of this virus that spread mm-hmm. and then there's yeah like the fact that you know the people want to eat meat but they can't unless they pay this like really really expensive high-end meat otherwise they're eating their neighbors essentially yeah which i, I love at the beginning the early stages of this transition was it called the transition yeah. in english yeah. okay where I think there were a couple of thieves or a couple of like immigrants in a poor neighborhood that got in an altercation with the people of the neighborhood or something, and they ended up being murdered and you know roasted and eaten, mm-hmm. and sparks international outcry and like the human rights organizations are flying in and making a whole mess and like the government is is almost being held accountable and. And it devolves, right? It devolves and devolves and devolves. Just largely what you see in like many countries in the world where like there has been a higher level of prosperity before and it changes for the worse when these fragile pillars of the structure and fabric of society collapse, right? Like a a stable economy, a a stable source of food Mm -hmm. and people get desperate and they start doing crazy shit and that's exactly what happens here and it was it was portrayed in a very effective way i thought and that's just the world building that that's just like how i perceive like the the world that like she painted in my head with her story but then there's marcos right yeah yeah he's an interesting character because yeah the whole time he just he seems depressed he seems pessimistic, obviously. Detached. Yes, detached. He's just going through the motions of life. And then you discover his son died suddenly as a baby in his sleep. And he's separated from his wife. And he's living in this world. Like, I kind of assumed part of his sadness or whatever was because of his job working at a slaughterhouse all day. So it's just all of these things, it just leads to this this tone of the novel and of the character that's just very yeah cold detached dark sad yeah that's how i felt about him at least yeah it was a great time mm-hmm. <laughs> but i think yeah like the, the the theme of loss and grieving is in a way contrasted with like what is happening in the world the fact that you know the world is burning around him, but what was really eating at him is is the fact that you know he lost his son and that his marriage is or has collapsed largely. Yeah. And his dad is it. in like that. He's his dad isn't doing well. His dad is dying. Yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah, everything is working against this guy pretty much. <laughs> but there, yeah, there are uh, a few moments there specifically there, like in the fact that like his dad is dying a normal natural death to an extent, I guess, and he's in this high end facility. He's being cared for by people who are, well, caring and mm-hmm. hopefully you know well compensated enough that yeah. they are not a uh, the opposite as uh, so sadly happens nowadays. I mean, like here in Canada, it's a wealthy country, and we're seeing that a lot. Yeah, but this is supposed to be a really fancy facility. Yeah, yeah, but still, I mean, like yeah. the ones that are private run here for profit, they're expensive as fuck, and people are still, like, coming in with horror stories from outside. Yeah. But anyway, there's the images of the birds that, I think they're birds, there's a hummingbird, that the dad sees, right, and that Marcos, like, hopes that that is exactly, that is what he's fixating on or looking at i can't remember specifically what it was that i can't remember specifically what the words used were but there's a sense of 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 beauty and calm in a world that is so terrifying and horrible in a way and hectic and crazy and there's this like moment of beauty this like ephemeral passing moment of beauty and that there is some peace and some beauty in death Mm -hmm. it's what i got from that and the contrast with the the rest of the instances of death in the story is so jarring because it, it comes with such violence and it comes with such lack of care and such of love as opposed to this, right? Yeah. And you could have the novel and largely entirely without the cannibalism, without the world changing because of it. But just as a story about grief, all the elements are there and they're played out. Yeah, like I feel like it's it's it really worked well with the whole cannibalism aspect of the story. Because, um, yeah, I mean, part, it kind of says at one point that what really caused the downfall of the dad is he thinks the dad just couldn't cope with the world the break. Wor- yes. And just the sheer craziness of what's happening farming people for meat and I think it said it explicitly or Marcos was kind of thinking is this what caused my dad no no I think it was the the narrator saying that yeah yeah, like my dad was one of the people who weren't able to deal with it yeah so it kind of it's all tied together it's all this this world of just horrible horrible things that are happening and the consequences it has on people and it just really shows some people's human nature and some of us that have morals and a conscience aren't able to cope with this, but a lot of other people are just fine to be like, okay, this is how it is now. This is how it is now. <laughs> they're, you know, they're bred and raised for this purpose. That's their purpose. I am the consumer. Fine with me kind of thing. Yeah, largely. I mean, uh, yeah, that that point is fairly clear, right? Like the more detached you are even though aware but the more detached you are from that suffering even though you know it exists you're completely fine with it because you don't have to like have a part in it right yeah and yeah like we are all guilty of that every day that we live a wealthy life (laughs) pretty much i mean at least we try to do the best we can unlike these people (laughs) yeah well i mean it, it is i mean fucking how many people will tell you that like you know they they don't want to partake but they do regardless yeah just because oh that's like i'm just one person you know yeah. this is how it is and, and there's so many things that are difficult i mean like a lot of people they think that yeah like they they couldn't give up meat or that even though it would be unhealthy to do so and whatnot 
or they just don't want to but like other things like uh clothing you know mm-hmm. clothing largely if you're if you're incapable of buying the sustainable clothing that doesn't come from sweatshops you're wearing sweatshops right yeah we own how many pieces of clothing how much can we account for that it doesn't come from a place of immense suffering mm-hmm. right or at least a ridiculous level of exploitation which in my opinion is synonymous with suffering but yeah i th- I think it's not the point so much of the book as as it is one of so many great points that come up throughout the story but the story is largely in a vacuum the story of this man who's like walking through this world and in the end he is consumed by it right mm-hmm. you think that he might go against it because he is against it right like he's disgusted with the people yes. who live in it the people who engage in it and you think that the way that he's treating jasmine whom he names himself yeah. and he's not supposed to I mean, no he does like, everything he's not supposed yeah, to exactly, he cares yeah. for this person he hugs her kisses her gets her pregnant yeah they have a baby together so you think that he's he you think that he is rebelling against this horrible world and you think that he's truly realizing that what is happening is wrong but yeah that's and in the end he's just as amoral and or sorry immoral and corrupted by the horrible world around him as the rest is yeah he just used her essentially as a baby maker incubator <laughs> just like i mean just like happens you know it happens to animals yeah like fucking every them, day for sure take their babies away and they're just a body you know yeah. and so that's how he treats jasmine yeah. and it's I and was it says not, very specifically yeah. yeah it says that like there is he says to his wife like help me take her to the to the barn or whatever yeah what was the the, the term in, in english i can remember it was like the the shed I think they uh, use the word barn. The barn, okay. Yeah. I, said, uh, I can't remember if it was the narrator or himself or himself saying it, but it's like we're going to slaughter her. Yeah. And his wife looks at him like, why? What, what, why? She can give us more kids. That's the wife's response. Yeah, she's like, yeah, she's also like looking at it from a utilitarian, completely immoral uh, perspective, but a different one. I'll yeah. Be. But just... That line, that last line is so shocking, oh, yeah. right? Let me see what it is. So like she had the look of the domesticated yeah. animal. And English is like, yeah. As he drags the body of the female to the barn to slaughter it, his last word is, his last words, she had the human look of a domesticated animal. So, <laughs> wow. Like, I, I did not see this part of him, uh, part of his personality, or it just, it was a shock to me. And maybe there was, I'm sure there were signs, you know. Yeah, I think that might be like a little bit the author going for the punch, that mm-hmm. gut punch that was very effective. And when mm-hmm. I, you know, finished it and I was going to say close the book, but more like press the button on the e Yeah. Uh, I was, you know, very much and very justifiedly like, what the fuck? Yeah. And I liked it. I thought it had, you know, quite the emotional punch. However, it might be, in a, in a way, a complaint, I would guess, it might be a, just her caving into like going in for the emotional punch. She had the idea for that last line. It's a great way to end the book with a shock, but it does seem to put in, in question the character 
and some others like my I mean I'm not saying that I read it and I was like oh my god I thought this like, this guy was a good guy I mean he's fucking the manager at the slaughterhouse you know yeah. like just because you have some moral qualms about like the slavery and slaughter that is going around you it's still going on around you and you're like largely responsible for it so it's not like the main character's a good guy at all but you think given his internal turmoil is 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 conflict with the world and with his job that he is going the other way yeah but at the same time like also throughout the book once once jasmine is pregnant like he, a lot of the times he's just focused on the baby protecting the baby and keeping the baby safe and i, I don't want her to harm the baby and so like he kind of cares about her because she's carrying the baby Oh yeah, 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 yeah. She be she she largely is just an instrument for him to get the. It's kind of like the the Handmaid's Tale. It's the same thing, yeah. right? Like people that can't have children, they go to horrible lengths to get a baby. Yeah. So much so as to like keep someone prisoner and like enact horrible violence upon them. It's the same thing, right? But it, yeah, I know it was a pretty good uh, surprise, a pretty good uh, plot twist there. I think. Yeah, but now that, like, but I, I remember, yeah, I was surprised when I read it, but then when you think, like, when I thought back to what led up to this, I kind of saw, okay, yeah, I guess he, he, he was, it seemed like he was caring for her, but he still treated her as an animal, like, he locked her in a room all day, he had cameras that he could keep an eye on her, he gave her food and, like, bowls and water in a bowl, and he cared for her because, I guess, she was carrying a baby. So, yeah, he just saw her as this animal that serves a purpose for me. Like, her body does something that I want it to do. So I'm going to take advantage. And... Yeah, and I, there is a, the component of, like, uh, sex first, I think. More so than, like, I, I don't think that the guy, or and not there was nothing in it to tell me that the guy had originally set out to, like, get this girl pregnant so that he, she could give him a baby. But mm-hmm. more so, like, he was just alone and broken and hates the world and suddenly there's a woman there who's completely at his mercy and not to say that he rapes her but like you know he pretty much just like like just guides the thing yeah well she she is essentially like yeah she is exactly she is morally mentally very much a child right like she hasn't had the chance to develop and have proper socialization. Yeah, she, she doesn't, she doesn't speak know what, language. She, she doesn't, doesn't understand what he's doing to her. No, exactly. Even though he does show her kindness to an extent, yeah. and she she sees that and understands that because you know she's like happy to see him when he gets home, and she is happy to like hug him and like mm-hmm. have sex with him and whatnot. But it is one hundred percent that Marcos just has the ability to make this immoral choice and he does yeah right to go on with it it just doesn't present as such because you think as you're reading it and that's i think like part of the genius of you know leading up to the i think calling it a plot twist is a bit uh, yeah it's it's just just not like it it cheapens it a bit yeah i don't think it was meant to be this surprise Mm -hmm. like gotcha moment and and, and even if it is it's just i think that like the term is uh, it has a certain connotation that like we'll think of like oh my god is the switcheroo you know Mm -hmm. or yeah there's a great plot twist in it but like i think there is like a a delicate work of storytelling and prose to like lead you on with this character and all the the clues are there that marcos is 
well, they fucking crazy, but like damaged, right? Like yeah. morally stunted. He is apathetic towards the horrors that go around them, even though he has this internal dialogue of anger and dismissal and disregard for those who engage in it in a spectrum of responses to the people around them. Yeah. While while still being a three-dimensional character, very much so. Like, he is capable of showing love and care, but also hate and anger to the people around them in, in different ways. So that's why I think it's such a great lead-up to that reveal, that in, indeed he is just as twisted as those around them and capable of this horrible, visceral act of violence against someone who you kind of start to think that he cares for, right? Yeah, he's just, he sees her as an animal, sadly. I mean, even animals don't be, deserve to be treated like that either, obviously. But he, he's, yeah, he just sees her as property, his property. He can do with and, her what and he... And she is. Yeah. She, she very much is. She is, yeah, <laughs> legally in this world, but yeah. you, you would hope that his Not a moral, morals course, would, yeah. would come out there, but uh, I guess he has none. And uh, yeah, it's just... You yeah you you think it's gonna go one way and that's not yeah that's not who he is at the end of the day. Yeah, I think I think it speaks to something that is horrible and true and very and difficult to talk about. Justice is the fact that you know we do exactly the horrible things that happen in this book. We do exactly just that to animals on a stunning scale yeah. every day worldwide billions of animals die every year right like it's mm-hmm. insane and not just die but they're largely tortured yeah they're like live, they live horrible lives they die horrible painful deaths isn't as absolutely insane but like society seems to be completely okay with it and we turn a blind eye well most of us so the the genius in, in this book i think is is conveying all that without making the story solely about it right yeah it's not preachy in that way Mm -hmm. it's not in your face about you shouldn't be doing this look at you know it's i think it kind of relies on the reader to hopefully come to that conclusion within themselves and like you said that's not the sole focus of the story either there's this marcos guy he has his life he has his dad dying and you know so it's not solely about the slaughter (laughs) the whole time yeah no i think that Mm -hmm. it it poses a very clear moral question but then the other ones hit you along the way Mm -hmm. right because obviously yeah there's a huge debate to be had about you know like is it okay to exploit other people well fuck no but we still do it why okay you can argue that ad ad nauseum essentially not whether it is moral or not, but like, but why how, yeah, that? why is it happening? Why do we allow it to continue? Yeah. And the questions that arise along the way, you know, I love that scene with the with the pups, right, with the dogs, mm-hmm. and like you can try to like squeeze the allegory out of it and try to like make meaning out of you know the relationship that he develops just for that quick little minute with the with the puppies and the feelings they evoke and whatnot versus contrasting world that he lives in and what has happened to animals and what happens to animals in our world and what happens to humans in this book but it's just real in a way right you know like it alludes to things that are real and contradictory and they happen you know like how many people have told you that you know like they 
love animals and in the same breath they'll go and eat steak or buy a bag of milk it's just yeah. contrasting but it's true it is, is real and people feel it and like you know we love animals and we would we would go up in arms if we see a dog or a cat being harmed but when that's happening to a pig it's uh that's their purpose exactly they were bred for that and there's a very like morally bankrupt argument that comes up which is yeah like they're made for this or Mm -hmm. they were they wouldn't exist if it weren't for that you know it's it's just i think the a book like this really shoves it in your face that it's not any different for humans other than like we have a higher cognitive ability and and able to like you know realize what's happening but the pain is, is all that really matters right and the world that is presented in this book is just nothing but a effective painting of that pain yeah exactly yeah, and like another thing the book tries to say, I think, is how important words are and the, the words we choose and the language we use. Because, yeah, a lot of what normalizes the slaughter of humans is the language that people use to refer to them. and The words they're not allowed to say. Yeah, and like we call it special meat and, you know, they call heads. hands and heads. Like there's different words to dehumanize it, to to sanitize it and that contributes to people's acceptance of what's happening. And it's also interesting, like, in the book as well, like, the descriptions of the way people spoke. Sometimes it was described, like, her her words were, like, tadpoles. And there was just a lot of weird descriptions of people's speech and what the words sounded like or felt like to Marcos. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it was just something I noticed. But, yeah, I think that's, like, a major part of the book is is how important that is the words that we use oh yeah to control the imagery right like yeah. language is obviously like uh one very important aspect of that but like yeah portraying an image is as important and to convey the idea to communicate and to change perception is fundamental right like you, you just can't have the animal agriculture industry in the way that it exists without essentially deceiving the population to an extent or helping them into self-delusion, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the, the the most obvious, egregious example of it is not just the general social lies that like we tell ourselves regarding animal suffering, but when you go to buy eggs, for instance, at the grocery store, and you'll see all these different denominations they have for cage-free or for beef, you'll have grass-fed or uh, mm-hmm. pasture-raised or yeah. cageless, whatever, you know. And when you look into it, the laws are so either poorly drafted or poorly enforced in that they literally mean nothing. They are, they are actually, it's the industry using the loopholes, the language in those laws or in that regulation presents so that they can do exactly or very close to exactly the same thing that they've been doing, but to tell you and help you into this illusion that the world is nicer because you're buying eggs from a chicken that didn't live in a cage. Actually, it lives in a concentration camp with like 20,000 other chickens inside of a giant warehouse where they never see the sun. Mm-hmm. But, but they they're ha- not in cages. No, no. <laughs> And they are, quote-unquote, 
free roam chickens, which essentially just means that there's a tiny little opening they may or may not use to go into a tiny little cage outside of this dark warehouse, yeah. which means that they have the ability to like go out and see the sun. Most of them never do, but they still get to prey on you as a consumer by telling you this is better. You're right. The language that's being used in this book, just as it is in today's meat and dairy industry mm-hmm. and egg industry, is primordial. It's absolutely fundamental to like getting people to to buy. Yeah. Not just to buy the idea, but like to buy the product, yes. right? Not just to be enthused because like I mean, obviously like people know, so many people know and they still don't care or they continue to accept their own immoral action. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, language is absolutely important in that aspect. Yeah, for sure. Nope, fucking loved it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's obviously not a pick-me-up, but... It was, it was a thrill to read, though. I, yeah. Like, as, as, regardless of everything that you try to squeeze out of it in terms of its meaning and its interpretation, it was fun to read. It was a fun read. It was gripping, and I think I, I, think I told you I hadn't winced and cringed while reading depictions of violence ever since reading American Psycho before mm-hmm. this book, which was years and years ago and yeah. like hundreds and hundreds of books ago. So yeah, it definitely was affected in that way. Yes. Yeah. It's a very uncomfortable read. Um, shocking. Like this, this author was, yeah, she didn't hold back. Like there's a lot of disturbing things in here. It's not overly gory though. It's not overly disgusting for the sake of being disgusting no it's, they didn't need to it be has either. a purpose like when she describes the solder process like it's it's to describe the process it's not just to be gross for entertainment purposes so no it was that scene it was it was great it was, right it, it is described as clinical as it, as it could be because the process is clinical mm-hmm. it is void of malice on the spot and it's being described to you as a reader because they are describing it to a potential hire. Yeah, right? and it's it's very matter of fact. Like everything is done for a reason. Like the in the breeding facility, the pregnant females they cut off their limbs. Like like in Bone Tomahawk, it made, Jesus, me, yeah. made me think of that. Mm-hmm. Because why do they need limbs? It's just going to cause issues. It's going to cause trouble so yeah, let's just try to hurt themselves yeah it said that yeah like women who were pregnant they were far more likely to get violent and way more likely mm-hmm. to, to be violent against each other and themselves yeah so they just cost cost more harm yeah so okay. they just amputate their arms and legs like it's it's the practical solution yeah <laughs> everything has a reason even though it's really and disturbing barbaric barbaric and every bad thing you can possibly think of it's logical. It makes business sense. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, actually, mm. I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that because I going into it, I didn't think it was going to be so. I knew the book was a book about cannibalism and, like, sanctioned, legalized, normalized cannibalism. Mm-hmm. But then very early on in the early stages, in the early pages when he describes the process, the stages of the process, I was like, okay, they're doing essentially everything they do to a wide variety of animals. Mm-hmm. to humans here they're not just like i didn't realize that they were gonna obviously now in retrospect it is kind of difficult to see how it would, it would work without literally just like hunting people on the streets but that they would breed them for that purpose you mm-hmm. know like with complete disregard 
for them, they were they're just used for a, like you said, it's logical. They're used for a goal, but also everything else that can be done will be done. You know, yeah. like they harvest milk from the pregnant mothers. They they use their skin for leather. They eat the the children. Yeah. As, as veal, right? And they yeah. say, like, it's the most tender thing, which is exactly the same thing that people say about, well, veal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They use, exactly, they use their, their skin, like, all the, the byproducts that they can squeeze out of it is, it largely is just a, a book about animal agriculture with a different species. That's it. Yeah. It's like, if, if you're okay with what we're doing now, then why aren't you okay with this kind of thing it poses that question like yeah. i think fairly evidently yes yeah yeah so yeah. it's very thought-provoking no fucking love that definitely and i like i said i i thought i had it all for a book it kept me reading i didn't put it down i laughed my ass off at the comment about the the umbrellas yeah like when he asks his, his sisters like do you actually think that if a bird shits on you you're gonna die and she looks at him like he's the one who's crazy but like of course <laughs> the fucking buyers like, whoa, whoa, whoa. yeah uh, it's funny and it had such an effective world building which is something i love my god a lot of books do it beautifully and others lack it but mm-hmm. that's one thing i love when they actually portray a world that is different than ours with these certain difference you know like with a it's not a fantasy world it is not a i wouldn't even call it a science fiction novel it's a speculative fiction yeah it's very... it tries to be realistic as realistic as as possible like if mm-hmm. this happened how would the world be yeah it has like a lot of parallels i think with a lot of parallels with the handmaid's tale mm-hmm. and i am guilty of thinking that as an unoriginal thought because i did look up the author i did find the video where she's interviewed on on youtube she's asked like five questions and one of them was like what are your influences and i think uh, yeah adwood was definitely a book that uh an author that she mentioned and she mentioned uh, the handmaid's tale by name so well, of course there is a level of inspiration and but the parallels, my God, you know, like you could put them side by side and say, like, yeah, this is largely the same argument. Mm-hmm. This is very much the same argument. Just yeah. Different species, different setting, different facts about the world that have been changed, different approach to it. But it's largely the same argument. How are you okay with this if you're okay with that? Yeah. And also just the fact that it's part, it seems to be innate for so many people that if they can dominate someone human or animal then they will and they can and because i can i will and it's right because i'm strong and i'm the smartest i'm the dominant we're the apex predators baby you know like (laughs) whether it's exploiting fellow humans because I'm rich, you're poor, I'm strong, you're weak, whether it's exploiting hum- uh, animals, non-human animals, because we can, because we're smarter, we're better. And because it makes business sense. Yeah, so it, it's a really pessimistic view of people, but I think it's fairly accurate. Oh, it's granted, For absolutely. For a, a lot of people, of course, there are good people in the world who do not, who would not do those things <laughs> if given the chance. But there's a lot of people who would, and they're most likely the ones running things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it, it definitely touches it as something that is very real, and it alludes to issues. And 
realities that are so sad to think about Mm -hmm. because they are real, because we let these things happen. And in a book like this, put in a way that makes it seem like, how the hell could we ever let that happen? How could we live in a world in which, and yet, here we are. We do. We live in a world where we abuse and kill and harm just because we can, because we want to, because there's something to be gained from it. Yeah, I mean, it it is, in one way, it is a simple thesis and uh, a very effective one, but also, yeah, just doesn't take much to realize it and doesn't take much to contemplate the the moral question that it poses. So I think it was very effective. I think uh, it definitely deserves the praise that it's getting. She won a an award that I understand is fairly prestigious in Argentina. And a lot of people are mentioning that. Like I said, like we, we were seeing everywhere. So yeah, like to me, this this was a 10 out of 10 book. Oh, yes. Yeah, it was very good. If you can handle the subject matter, we recommend this book. I'm not sure that you want to recommend it to your family, your friends and family, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they might think you're a bit unstable if you tell them to read this. Yeah, here, read this book about cannibalism. It was great. (laughs) Yeah, if if you want something shocking and unique and thought-provoking and you're okay with uncomfortable content, then go for it. This was the book for you. Yes. I, I always feel like we end up like fucking recommending the book, but like if you made it this far, we just spoiled the book for you. So I mean, yeah, but some people are okay with that. Like if you're intrigued and you haven't read this book and you're intrigued after listening to this episode, yeah. it's still worth it to read it. I know for sure. It's just I'm not like that. No, I'm, like, I'm not gonna go listen to like podcasts about books that have been recommended to me or that are like completely alien to me that I just I've never heard of and then if I go into it and it sounds even mildly interesting I turn it off yeah because I'm like I'm gonna read the book first yeah that's how you are but some people aren't like that Mm -hmm. so Tenders of Flesh Cadaver Exquisito by Agustina Basterica recommend it was exquisite it it was not holy shit (laughs) (laughs) all right see you next time (laughs) 